Hey, this is Graham, and I am so pumped you're joining us today. If you're a part of our Grace community, whether in person or online, we would love to connect with you on social media, at the Grace AG on all social outlets. But the best way to connect is to join our online community at live.graceassembly.org. Here, you can engage and connect with other Grace members all around the world. So, we hope today's message encourages and challenges you. Let's jump right in. You know, I did a survey. Uh, I, actually, I looked it up on Google, and how many know if you found it on Google, you know it's true. Uh, the number one Christmas song of all time. And of course, how many think you know what it is, right? Now, uh, actually, it depends on which list you're looking at. Uh, one list had White Christmas by Bing Crosby as the number one Christmas song of all time. Anybody agree with that, White Christmas? I noticed that crowd's a little older, by the way. Uh, another one had Nat King Cole's uh, Christmas song. Anybody agree with that? Now, there was one poll from Alabama, the number one song was Grandma Got Ran Over by a Reindeer. But, but that's <laughs> How many know that? <laughs> All right, I used to call those Kentucky jokes until we hired a youth pastor from Alabama, so. It's way better now. How many agree? It's way better now, yeah, right. Um, uh, Christmas and singing go together, don't they? Uh, there's, there's, a whole, there's a whole lot of reasons why we sing more at Christmas. Uh, but let's be honest, some of the songs we sing, they don't make any sense. Some of the songs at Christmas, right? Uh, how about 12 Days of Christmas? If your true love truly brought you, you know, four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves, if you sing the whole song, um, that's 184 birds. <laughs> If your true love is bringing you 184 birds, that may not be true love. That's more grounds for breakup. <laughs> and then, you know, some of the songs we sing, even in church, you know, they're just not very biblical. Uh, sometimes we sing, we three kings. Well, the Bible never says there's three. The Bible doesn't call them kings either, but we sing it anyway. Uh, some of the songs are a little bit odd. Um, how about Silent Night? We just sing it. Silent night, holy night. Uh, do you really believe that baby Jesus didn't cry? <laughs> Loudly. Anybody ever have a newborn baby? Right? It was probably anything but a silent night. Uh, and then there, what's the song? Do you hear what I hear? Do you know what I know? A child, a child shivers in the cold. Let us bring him silver and gold. Now, hold on for a second. Uh, if a baby is shivering in the cold, what he needs is a blanket, <laughs> not metal, right? He needs something else. You know, uh, and while we're talking about that song, Do You Hear What I Hear, can I tell you that if you think the night wind and the little lamb are talking to you, chances are you're the only one hearing what you're hearing. <laughs> Songs are part of Christmas because in the Christmas story in the New Testament, there are four songs mentioned directly related to the birth of Jesus. 
And so today, what we're gonna do is we're gonna look at the four songs of Christmas from the Bible, and then we're gonna sing songs about those songs because how many know there's a great reason to sing at Christmas? Let's look at the first song in the Christmas story. The first song is Mary's song, and it's a song of praise. So here we go, Luke chapter one. The angel Gabriel visits Mary and gives her the news. Hey, God has chosen you, Mary, to be the mother of the Messiah. Let's pick it up in Luke chapter one, verse 31. The angel said, you will conceive and give birth to a son. And you are to call his name what? Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Great message from the angel. But look at verse 29. The Bible says that Mary was greatly troubled at his words. Now, why was Mary troubled? Those of us that love the chosen, have, uh, I've enjoyed how they have portrayed the humanness of people in the Bible, especially somebody like Mary. And so can I tell you that sometimes we forget that these were real people involved in this story. And the Bible says that Mary was troubled at the angel's words. Even though this was an incredible honor that God was entrusting uh, to Mary, this was still going to be quite the journey she would have to take. Put yourself in Mary's shoes. She's poor. She's a virgin. Which in that culture meant everything. So in order for this to happen, she would literally have to surrender her life, her reputation, and her future for this miracle to take place. And so she goes to visit her cousin Elizabeth, her older cousin. We'll talk about Elizabeth and Zechariah here in just a minute. But she begins to just tell all of the things that had happened to her. And the Bible says that Elizabeth, who was also miraculously pregnant with John the Baptist, by the way, Mary tells Elizabeth her story, and Elizabeth, Elizabeth begins to bless Mary and says, you are favored. Remember the blessing of the Lord. Mary's response in Luke chapter one is this. Oh, how my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he took notice of his lowly servant girl, and from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy. And he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. For he made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. This is Mary's song. It's a song of praise. By the way, this portion of scripture, this song is called the Magnificat because it's the first word of the song in Latin. And can I tell you that it's one of the most famous songs in Christian history. The Magnificat has been whispered in monasteries, chanted in cathedrals, and has been quoted in little church uh, Christmas Eve services all around the world. Why? It's a song of praise. 
And it's a song of praise because Mary makes a choice. Instead of focusing on the challenge of the moment, she focuses on the awesomeness of God. And how many know we need to hear that today? Because you and I can choose to focus on the challenges of our lives, the difficulties that are before us, or we can be like Mary and say, my soul magnifies the Lord. He has done great things for me. Listen, Mary praised God in this song. And at Christmas time, the song of praise is the song of Christmas. Why? Because God had chosen her. Can I remind you? God has chosen you. God loved her. God loves you. God had remembered her. And no matter where you are today, no matter where you are online, God remembers you. Mary said, and God has had mercy on me. I think all of us can testify that God has had mercy on us. Here's the principle of Mary's song. No matter how challenging your circumstances seem, God is still good. I said God is still good. As we near the end of 2021 and we look back on everything that's happened to us, everything that's happened around us, we could, we could just focus on all the negativity and the trouble and the challenges, or we could be like Mary and sing a song of praise. Let's do it together.
Amen. Hey, if God's done anything good in your life, say yes. yes. Amen. Be seated. The song of Christmas is the song of praise. And the next song of Christmas is Zechariah's song, the song of promise. Now, before we read the verse, let me remind you that Zechariah was married to Elizabeth. Elizabeth was Mary's cousin. We just talked about that. So Zechariah and Elizabeth are very old. Matter of fact, the Bible says in verse 7, Luke chapter 1, verse 7, they were childless because uh, Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. Now, if the Bible says you're very old, you're old. <laughs> There's a lot of old people in the Bible, right? If the Bible says, they're old. And the Bible says they were childless. And look at this, verse 6, both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. So listen, they were serving God. They were right before the Lord. The Bible says they were blameless, and yet their hearts were broken because they wanted this child, and they never had a baby, and they were faithful to God. Can I just pause for a second and just talk to anybody who is in that situation and maybe the enemy is there to bring condemnation or guilt into your life. Maybe you did something wrong. Would you take encouragement from Zechariah and Elizabeth that that's not necessarily the case? Zechariah has an encounter with an angel and the angel tells him, hey, Zechariah, you and your wife are gonna have a baby. And Zechariah responds how most of us would respond. What you talking about? <laughs> I'm old. My wife is old. We can have a baby. That, that's, my, that's the Wayne Murray translation. Paraphrase. And so the angel says, hey, because you didn't believe what I said, you're not going to be able to talk. So Zechariah, zip. I mean, he, he can't talk. And really, it's symbolic of what had been happening in Israel up until this time. Remember, for hundreds of years, there was no prophecy, there was no scripture, there was no, there was no, God's voice wasn't speaking. It was silence, just like Zechariah couldn't speak. But when they bring the scroll to him and the baby, what's his name? He writes down, his name is John, and he begins to speak. And how many know that was right in line because God's getting ready to speak to his people once again. So the first words that are recorded from Zechariah after this is Luke chapter one, verse 67. John the Baptist's father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and gave this prophecy. Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited and redeemed his people he has sent us a mighty savior. Everybody say mighty savior. From the royal line of his servant David, just as he promised through his holy prophets long ago. Now we will be saved from our enemies and from all who hate us. He has been merciful to our ancestors by remembering his sacred covenant, the covenant he swore with an oath to our ancestor Abraham. So Zechariah begins to prophesy, and watch this, he begins to make this connection to the promise of, of this child, this Messiah who was coming, to the promises of Abraham that were given to Abraham 2,000 years ago, 2,000 years earlier. Remember the promise that God gave to Abraham in your seed, 
the whole world will be blessed. So Zechariah ties what's happening right now in his lifetime to the promises of God that were given long ago. Can I tell you the principle from Zechariah's song is really simple. God doesn't forget his promises and neither should we. Somebody needs to hear that today. God doesn't forget his promises and neither should we. Some of you have been waiting, waiting, waiting for God to answer that prayer, for God to show up. And maybe you're like Zechariah and Elizabeth. You're like, you're just kind of giving up. And even if God said, hey, I'm going to do it, you're like, right. It's not going to happen. I believe this song is a song of Christmas for a reason. It reminds us, don't give up on God because God is faithful. Some of you are praying hard and believing for your kids to come back to Jesus. Some of you are praying hard for a miracle to happen in your life. Some of you are believing God for restoration in your family. And the only reason you're here today is so that I can remind you, so that God can remind you, he keeps his promises. Don't you quit. Don't stop praying. Don't stop believing because there will be a day when God's will will come to pass. Come on, somebody. Because we too can sing the song of Zechariah, the song of promise. Let's sing it together.
Thank God. Go ahead. It's awesome. Thank God for Zechariah's song, a song of promise. Now, the next song in the, song of Christ, in the songs of Christmas from the Bible is probably the most important one, and it's Simeon's song. And Simeon's song is a song of salvation. Luke chapter 2, let's read it together. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout, and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day, the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord, as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and he praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace, as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people Israel. Put yourself in Simeon's shoes. Simeon had lived long enough to see a lot of suffering. He had seen Israel come under the occupation of Rome. The glory of Israel was far in the distant past. And so here comes Mary and Joseph, and they're bringing the baby Jesus to the temple to dedicate him to the Lord. A lot like we dedicate our children to the Lord now. And the Bible says that Simeon takes baby Jesus in his arms, and what does he sing about? What does he say? Salvation. And he says, my eyes have seen the salvation of God. My eyes have seen the light to the, to the nations. You see, God's salvation that Simeon was waiting for wasn't the Ten Commandments 2.0. It wasn't, oh, are you going to build another version of the temple which will be even better than the previous one? No. Simeon says, I have seen God's salvation. It's not a temple. It's not a religion. It's a person. His name is Jesus. Can I tell you that Jesus didn't come to start a religion? He came to start a revolution. Jesus is not looking for people to, uh, to believe in him. He's looking for people to serve him. Simon calls, Simeon calls baby Jesus the light of revelation to the Gentiles. Can I tell you that the principle we learn from Simeon's song is pretty simple. Jesus is the light of the world. Simeon's world, in which all of this happened, it was pretty dark. There was lots of oppression, probably lots of depression, and a lot of suffering. And into that world, the light of Jesus comes to shine. Here in 2021, our world is growing darker and darker and darker. And Jesus still shines. The old song says, Jesus is the answer. Can I tell you again, the song of Christmas is the same song we've been singing for 2,000 years. Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus is the light of your world. He is our hope, which means that you and I can sing the song of Simeon, the song of salvation. Oh, holy night, the 
stars are brightly shining it is the night of our dear Savior's birth long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth a thrill of hope the weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn fall on your knees that song that says fall on your knees and the reason is because that's a picture of what the song of salvation is all about it's about surrender it's about giving up everything to follow Jesus it's about making Jesus number one the Lord of your life 
You know, there's a lot of people who believe in Jesus in 2021. There's not as many who are following him, who have completely surrendered their hearts and lives to Jesus. So maybe this Christmas 2021, you find yourself believing in Jesus, but you're, you're not following him. You're not doing what he commands you to do in his word. Can I, can I challenge you? Don't settle for any type of relationship with Jesus that accepts, how do I say it? Less than all in. Jesus doesn't want to be part of your life. He wants to be in charge of your life because he's the only way you can be saved. There's just not anything good in us, right? There's no way I can save myself. Can't be good enough. Can't go to church enough. Can't do enough nice things. Good outweighs the bad, pastor. Sorry, that's not in the Bible. It's all bad. The Bible says there's no one that's good. That's exactly why Jesus came. That's why he was born as a baby. That's why he lived the life he lived. That's ultimately why he died the death that he died, to pay the price that you and I couldn't pay. What do we do in response to that? Here's what we do. We fall on our knees. We surrender our lives to Jesus. And then something happens on the inside of us. The Bible says we are born again. Jesus didn't come to reform you. He came to save you. He didn't come to try to make you a better person. He came to make you a new person. And today, today, if you're not fully surrendered to Jesus, today is the best day in the world to make that decision. For the first time or for the first time in a long time, would you bow your head and close your eyes? In this holy moment, in this sacred moment, you say, Pastor, that's me. The Holy Spirit is speaking to me. I want, I need to fully surrender my life to Jesus Christ. Maybe you've been to church all your life. You maybe kind of gone halfway or become lukewarm. Maybe this is your first time watching online, your first time in church. Can I tell you, we're all the same. We all need Jesus. So if that's you today, I'm going to encourage you to take the first step of surrendering to Jesus. And that's a confession of faith in Jesus. I want you to pray this prayer out loud and others around you are going to pray out loud with you. But if this is truly you mean business with God, then I want you to pray a little bit louder than everyone else around you. And pray this way, dear God, I surrender. My life is yours. Everything is yours. From this day forward, I'm following you. Come into my life. Forgive me my sin. Make me a new person. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The greatest song of all. Yeah, that's right, is the song of salvation. Somebody give God praise. Thank you. It's a great moment right now for us to remember the Lord's death and communion. On the seat beside you, there is a element of communion. If you take that in your hand, if you're watching online, grab those elements now. The Bible says on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he took a cup and he says, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Drink this cup, which is the cup of my new covenant with you. So when we eat the bread, we drink the cup. Jesus said, you're remembering the Lord's death until he comes. 
What are we remembering at Christmas? We're remembering that Jesus, that God loved us so much that he gave. He gave. Did you know that's why we give gifts at Christmas? It's because we're trying to be like God, who is the greatest giver of all time. He didn't give us a new PlayStation. He didn't give us a new car. He gave everything he had. He gave Jesus to us. Today, we're remembering that by the bread and the cup. And so take that in your hand and let's give thanks. Lord, thank you for this bread. Thank you for this cup. Thank you so much for all that you've done for us. Today, Lord, we remember your blessing. We remember your love. And we say, thank you, God. As we examine our hearts, as we examine our relationship with you, and we examine our relationship with one another, God, we want our heart to be right with you. We want our heart to be right with everybody else as well. So search me, God. If there's anything in my life that's not pleasing to you, forgive me. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would help me to always focus on Jesus. In Jesus' name, we pray. Receive the elements together. Now, there's one more song in the Christmas story that I want to talk about. And it's the angel's song, the song of peace. Can you say peace? Luke chapter 2, verse 13. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven. Aren't you thankful? For the armies of heaven. They were praising God and saying glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. So the Bible says these shepherds see in the sky this, this is not a 12 member choir people. The Bible says the armies of heaven. Wow. That's a lot of angels. And they're singing this song. And think about it. What they're singing about is the promise of peace. Peace on earth. Peace in us. And of course, that's interesting, isn't it? That in a world in which Jesus was born, there was a lot of conflict. But with Jesus comes the promise of peace. It reminds me of what Martin Luther King Jr. said. That peace is not just the absence of conflict, it's the presence of justice. Isn't it ironic that we live in a world that is still trying to legislate peace? We're looking to our government to bring peace. We're looking to different things to bring peace, but can I tell you that there's only one person who can bring you peace? His name is Jesus. If there's not peace in your home, if there's not peace in your heart, if there's not peace in your mind, the song of Christmas, get this, is the song of peace. Peace. So let's look to Jesus for our peace. Now this song gets even better because the promise is for peace on earth. Now that's more than just a pipe dream. It's actually going to happen. 
Well, when's it going to happen, Pastor? I don't see any peace right now. It's going to happen when Jesus returns. And the Bible says he will bring peace on earth. You know what that means is not only is Jesus, here's the principle from the angel song, that Jesus is not only just going to make things peaceful, he's going to make things right. Sometimes we get all upset. God, what about this person? What about this? What about this injustice? What about all of these things? Can I tell you, the Bible says that we serve a God who will make everything right and we can trust him. And that's why you and I can sing the song of peace. Let's sing it together. The bills on Christmas Day carols play and mild and sweet their songs repeat a peace on earth could will to man and the bells are ringing like a choir the singing
time a chance of life of peace on earth could will to me and the bells are ringing like a choir they're singing and when the hearts will hear them enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it and share it online or jump on the website at graceassembly.org and click the giving link so that we can continue to spread the message of Jesus all around the world. Have a blessed day and we'll see you next week.